This morning's reading is taken from Joshua, chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from the desert, of, to, from the desert to Lebanon, and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the great sea on the west. No one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word, for the ways in which you speak to us, encourage us and inspire us through it. And on this Pentecost Sunday, we thank you that your word is living and active. And we pray that you would breathe afresh on us through it this morning. Amen. So Joshua, easily, easily one of my favorite uh, leaders in scripture. I love the story of Joshua. I don't know how well or how familiar uh, you are with the story of Joshua, but it's one of those absolutely incredible stories uh, of somebody called and appointed by God uh, to see God do incredible things. There are lots of highlights about his story, lots of things we reflect on about him, but he is uh, one of the most significant leaders there is in scripture, the one who got to lead God's people into the promised land. Uh, An incredible privilege, an incredible opportunity, all streaming from one thing about him that we're going to track back to uh, in a little bit. And we're going to think about the whole concept of of leadership, thinking about obviously our queen as the leader of this nation and of the church, and thanking God for her leadership, celebrating the leadership that she's shown over this nation, which is a very servant-hearted leadership, very uh, Jesus-centered as well, which we'll come to in a minute. And we know that the Queen is uh, the longest serving uh, monarch in this uh, nation. Uh, I think the third longest serving uh, monarch in the world, but I'm going to argue that that statistic isn't quite accurate. Uh, Those of you who are ahead of me already know where I'm going with it, but we'll come to that at the end. 
But she is a great leader. I don't know how many of you watched the St. Paul's Cathedral uh, service, but Stephen Cottrell's sermon, oh my goodness, did he knock that out of the park or what? It was so focused on Jesus and so focused on who Jesus is and the Queen's faithfulness to Jesus as her Lord and Saviour really shone through his words. Uh, It's amazing because obviously that sermon was supposed to be delivered by the Archbishop of Canterbury, uh, who has covid But it just felt like a really God-ordained moment that Stephen Cottrell was the one to stand up and deliver those words on that occasion and so speak faithfully of Jesus that it made my heart sing. And I hope it did yours too if you saw it. If you didn't see it, it's on iPlayer. Watch it. It's incredible. So here we have uh, Joshua as a leader. And there's something significant I want us, or a few significant things I want us to pick up about leadership, but also I'm not just talking about leaders because all of us in some way have some influence over, over, over others. We have positions of leadership in some way, whether we're the leaders of our families or whether we're uh, the leaders of uh, people around us, but if nothing else, we're leaders of ourselves in the way that we lead our own discipleship uh, and the way that we allow God to form us and shape us and make decisions that affect that forming and that shaping. And I want us to think about some of those themes that we draw out of Joshua, that we see in our queen, and that we desire for ourselves uh, and, and the leaders around us. Because here you have a leader in Joshua who undoubtedly is called by God. Uh, Earlier on, at the end of Deuteronomy, we see that calling in Deuteronomy uh, 31, verse 23. We see God call Joshua uh, to take the mantle of leadership from Moses. Now, Moses has has led the people faithfully up until this point. uh, And you get the sense with Joshua, I certainly get the sense with Joshua, that he's not one of those people who, for all the years he's been following Moses, has been waiting for his time to take the lead. I don't think that's the case at all. I think Joshua had huge respect for Moses and a huge love for Moses. And so when God called Joshua, I think he would have understood the sense of privilege that came with that calling. He would have understood and seen what Moses had done and how Moses had led. And he was called by God and he was where God had called him to be. And whenever a leader is called by God and is where God has called them to be, there will be an impact of the kingdom on earth. There will be. When a person called by God is in a place ordained by God, there will be an impact of the kingdom on earth. It may not be the way you want or the way you expect or the way that everybody likes, but there will be an impact of the kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And we see here that God's call for Joshua is to be strong and courageous. Now, I wonder how you feel about the word courage and what it means to you. There are lots of things that courageous means. In this context, it's talking about being strong and having courage in God, having strength in God, knowing that he can trust God, uh, knowing that opposition is going to come because opposition always comes uh, to those in leadership of the kingdom. And so he's, God is calling him to be strong and courageous. And his strength is found in a number of different ways. And one of the ways in which that courage is found is in utter trust and dependence on God. Actually, that courage can be found in vulnerability, which the world often thinks is a weakness, but the gospel shows us is a strength. That vulnerability of saying, yes, I trust in God and I depend on him. 
I think it was Justin Welby who, in an early interview when he was first appointed as Archbishop of Canterbury, was asked, did you ever want to be Archbishop of Canterbury? Uh, and I think his answer was, well, no, it was never my desire to be Archbishop of Canterbury. And then someone says, do you think you can do it? And he said, anyone who thinks that they can be Archbishop of Canterbury should not be Archbishop of Canterbury. <laughs> because otherwise there's no dependence or trust on God. And so that sense of being surrendered to him is something that we see in Joshua and we've seen in our queen in 70 years of her reign. And then we see the importance of character. Like I said with Joshua, there seemed to be no sense of, oh, I get to be leader, how great. But there was a humility about him, a surrenderedness about him. He was allowing God to make him into who God desired him to be. He allowed God to do a work in him. And part of that is having a really teachable spirit, of being willing to be discipled himself. People often make the mistake of thinking that discipleship is just a Jesus thing. It's not. Discipleship was, a, uh, was happening long before that. And I read this beautiful quote uh, from Bill Hull, who writes about discipleship, and he says this about Joshua. God called Joshua, Moses trained him, and then God anointed him. He was willing to be taught. He was willing to learn. Over the years of, of meeting various different people in church throughout the years, I've met a number of Our Majesty's chaplains uh, who have walked alongside her in her faith journey. And they have all testified to me of the fact that our queen has that teachable spirit, that she is willing to learn. Even after 70 years of reigning and over 90 years of life, she still knows there's more to learn about Jesus and about faith and about the world. Having a teachable spirit is so important. And then comes something equally important possibly even more important, that celebrate today on Pentecost is the role the Holy Spirit plays in leadership. The role the Holy Spirit plays in our lives. That as we've been saying over recent weeks, the Holy Spirit is not an optional add-on extra of the Trinity. He is an essential part of our life with God because he is God. He is relatable, not just functional, and he desires that relationship with us and to work with us. And in the time of the Old Testament and in the time of Joshua, the Holy Spirit was uh, appearing to different people, uh, individual people, for individual reasons at specific times, whereas now, post-Pentecost, we know the Spirit of God is for all people. I will pour out my Spirit on all flesh was prophesied and came into fruition at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit is available to each and every one of us today. And so we come to one of the most important attributes of Joshua that made him the great leader that he was. And we find it in Exodus chapter 30. Uh, I can't remember, I haven't written it down. We find it in Exodus anyway, um, where Moses is in the meeting place of God, the place where you would go to encounter God. And Joshua was there with him. And they both had this incredible encounter with God. And then the Bible says these words, Moses, having things to do, left the meeting place. But Joshua lingered.
Joshua stayed in the presence of God. He waited on him. He lingered in God's presence. As we've been saying over recent weeks, you can have everything this world has to offer, but if you don't have the presence of God, you have nothing. Or you can have nothing, but if you have the presence of God, you have everything. The presence of God is an essential part of our lives that Jesus came to make accessible to all of us and the Spirit pouring out at Pentecost made accessible to all of us. What was one of Jesus' last commands to his disciples? Go and wait for the Holy Spirit to be sent upon you. I believe we have a Spirit-filled and a Spirit-led monarch for whom we give thanks today. And my desire, my hope, is that we follow her example and the example of Joshua and we seek that for ourselves, not just on Pentecost, but every day of our lives we seek to be filled with the presence of God, that we seek to be people who learn to linger in the presence of God, to wait on him. And that from that, we will see him calling us, hear him calling us. We will feel and know him giving us courage for what he calls us to, that we will see the shaping of our character, the fruits of the spirit being formed in us. And that we become to know Jesus better and better and better as the spirit who is poured out on all flesh makes him known to us more and more and more. So let's wait. Even in this moment. We want to linger in this place of your presence. However long we've known you, however long we've followed you, God, our desire is for more of you, to know more of you. To know you better and to love you more. As we wait, just open up your hearts and your minds to what the Holy Spirit may want to do for you, with you and in you this morning.
If you're here this morning and you've never heard of the Holy Spirit being relatable before, then just ask him to show you who he is. Holy Spirit, who are you for me? What was it about the presence of God that made Joshua want to linger? And it may be for some of you here this morning as you wait on the Spirit. You're just finding this kind of picture of Jesus forming. Not necessarily a physical picture, but this understanding of who Jesus is. Is forming in your mind. And you're realizing you've lived your life for far too long without him. You're realizing your need of him this morning. And if that's the case, that's the Holy Spirit just wooing you into that relationship, inviting you into that relationship with Jesus. All you need to do is say, yes, I want that. So if you're here this morning and you want that relationship with Jesus, either for the first time or for it to be renewed And just say, Jesus, I want relationship with you. And then make sure you talk to someone this morning about that before you leave. others of us that may be allowing the spirit of God to work in our lives to bring that fruit into being to form our character to draw us closer to Jesus just allow him to do that in any way he wants to this morning And the picture of lingering and resting in God's presence is one we find 
throughout scripture, even from the very beginning where the pinnacle of God's creation was Sabbath rest. And then we have pictures of it through the Psalms and through how Jesus spent his time on earth and in many ways besides. And that call to go and wait and Joshua lingering in God's presence. So God, I want to pray that you increase in every single one of us here this morning a desire to be people who linger in your presence. That you'd help us to lay aside anything that prevents that and to make more time for the things that encourage it. And as we linger more, would you do more of your work in us? In your name, Jesus. Amen.